0: Hey, Bible Y'all. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, February 27th. Happy International Polar Bear Day, which out of all the cute and cuddly critters that will not hesitate to murder and eat you, polar bears are by far the murderiest. They go upwards of 1,500 pounds, give or take, and stand about 10 feet tall on their hind legs. Picture like a Honda Civic, but with white fur and claws. You know how they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Not polar bears, they just kill you. If they didn't exist, we'd have to invent them, as like movie monsters, or for fairy tales to scare little kids with. This oil worker from Alaska, on vacation down here in Florida, told me one time that polar bears ain't all that dangerous cause they're scared of humans. And his company gave out these bells to wear on your clothes if you gotta go out on the ice which was supposed to chase them away. He said if one ever did get too close to you, they had these big fire extinguisher looking things, a pepper spray, and that'd usually run them off. But unless you see their scat laying around, you ain't even got to worry. I said, how do you recognize polar bear scat? He said it smells like pepper and has bells in it. He might've been pulling my chain. You know how I'm always saying to leave the animals alone? Well, that goes double for polar bears. It's a no brainer. Probably why today is also no brainer day. Today is also National Protein Day, which is exactly what you look like to polar bears. The only thing dumber than messing around with polar bears would be, let's say, swallowing a sharp knife. So I would say that it's good that today is also International Sword Swallowers Day, but it ain't. That was on Saturday. But today is National Retro Day, which I say gives me the right to go back a couple. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Our reading for today is Leviticus 20.22 20, through 22.16, Mark 9, 1-29, Psalm 43, 1-5, and Proverbs 10, verse 18. So if y'all are ready, polar bears are like politicians. We fed them too much and they lost all fear of man. Time to start treating both of them like the feral animals they are. But before we get to any of that, let's me and the squall do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 26th, in the Old Testament... We read Leviticus 19, 1 through 20:21, and I'm reluctant to spend too much time on this section because there's a lot of rules, but they're fairly straightforward and they come kind of rapid fire at us. I will say that everybody will be able to find something that they disagree with in this section and that makes them mad and maybe even causes them to doubt the Lord. But in verse 2, God says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And he reiterates, I am the Lord your God, several times. Because that's a big part of the reason for these rules. Because God wants his people to be different and set apart from all the other peoples. Because he's different and set apart from all the other gods. And most of these rules aren't really any problem. Like, fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. Or, don't take to yourselves molten gods. Or how about, when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. There's some others that are a little odd, like, thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind, thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. But I think the idea here is that this is an outward representation of how the Jews were not to mix with other people's. Not that they couldn't take Gentile brides, they just weren't allowed to take on other people's idol worship and customs and stuff. And verse 20 seems kind of harsh to our modern thinking. says, Whosoever lieth carnally with a woman that is a bondmaid, betrothed to an husband, and not at all redeemed, nor freedom given her, she shall be scourged. They shall not be put to death, because she was not free. So, first things first, according to the Strong's, the word translated scourged just means punishment specifically after some kind of judicial inquiry. That punishment could be a scourging, but that's not what the word means. But remember, elsewhere the punishment for adultery was death, so they're getting off a little easy here. Again, harsh to us, but the whole concept of marriage was invented by God as a shadow of our relationship with the Messiah. And again, ye shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. And he's under no obligation to explain himself. Like J. Vernon McGee said, This is God's universe, and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. (laughs) And verse 27 says, Ye shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. And the Arabs at that time used to shave circles at their temples to worship their god Oratol. And some say this refers to that. So that's another pagan practice for the Jews to not do. Verse 28, Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. And that's the same deal, because the Egyptians were heavy into body modification as worship. And then verse 29, Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom, and the land become full of wickedness. And when I worked in mental health, I had a kid on my caseload whose mom pimped him out for drug money. And I don't know why I'm bringing that up now, except it seemed relevant. And that kind of thing is way more common than you think. And just to illustrate that Bible Yaw Paul has traveled the dark underbelly of our culture, which most people don't see, but is always close by. Like Rudyard Kipling said, A stone's throw out on either hand from that well-ordered road we tread, and all the world is wild and strange. But that's two quotes in as many minutes, so time to move on. And he wraps this chapter up with several rules about treating people fairly, and says, Observe all my statutes and all my judgments, and do them. I am the Lord. And in chapter 20, he's coming in hot. He says, Whosoever he be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. And Molech means literally the king, also called Moloch, or Milcom, or Malcolm, also called the abomination of the Ammonites, was the fire god of several eastern nations, including the Canaanites. He was related to, or maybe he actually was, Baal the sun god. And what he demanded was child sacrifice. And what the Canaanites did was built a big, hollow, bronze statue of Moloch with a bull's head and arms held straight out front, palms up. And they built a fire inside it and heated it up until it was glowing red hot. Then they put their babies on his arms and let them cook to death. And for that, he'd grant them prosperity or some such. And God really, really does not like this. And he spends the first nine verses of this chapter saying, don't do it. Or chase after any familiar spirits, or wizards, or go whoring after them. He says, I will even set my face against that soul, and it's going to go bad for you. Of course, right now in the U.S., the number one cause of death is abortion, so we ain't learned anything. And in verse 9, it says, for everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. In verse 10, and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife... Even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. And then verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. And there's three rules right there that don't go over well in American society at all. But remember, they don't apply to American society. They apply to Judeo-Christian society. If you're not a Jew or a Christian, you don't have to follow any of these rules. I mean, you know, it's very nice and quaint if you do, but if your loyalty is not to Christ, then it really doesn't get you anything. It won't get you into heaven, that's for sure. But verse 21 is where we stopped.
1: All these necessary details to let us know what matters and how to see things the Lord's way, it occurs to me that this truly is the Lord's first family in the fallen earth. Abraham opened the door to him. And he's raising up a people and preparing them to live in a lost and broken world, but with hope.
0: And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 8, 11-38. And Jesus just sailed over to Dalmanutha, and the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. They're like, just show us a sign and we'll believe you. But show us something better than feeding thousands of people out of one bag of groceries, or making the blind see, or lame walk, Mm -hmm. or casting out devils, none of those signs were anywhere near good enough. Show us a real sign, like our hand-washing thing that we do. (laughs) Which it doesn't say any of that, but that's how I've got it pictured. But Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit, and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, You ain't getting no sign. And he walks off with the disciples and tells them, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they thought he was talking about actual bread. And he's like, No, fools. When I break the five loaves among the five thousands, how many baskets of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. Well, how is it you still don't get it? And I think he's just basically saying, Follow me and listen to me. The religious Pharisees and the irreligious Herodians have nothing to offer you but death. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And one thing that's fascinated me is that every time Jesus heals somebody, he does it differently. Sometimes he just speaks. Sometimes he makes mud. This time he spits. I don't know why. And there's a lot of speculation But I think the bigger point is he interacts with us as individuals. He meets us where we are, but doesn't leave us there. He does it differently with everybody because everybody's different. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And Jesus is like, go on home, but don't tell anybody it was me because it wasn't time to present himself yet. And they go to Caesarea Philippi and he asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? And Michael Heiser says Caesarea Philippi is the same as Bashan, where the giant king Og was killed a long time earlier. And Heiser says him holding this conversation there was an in-your-face move to the spirit of that region. Like how Daniel talked about the prince of the power of Persia, well, Bashan had a spirit too. But that's about as much as I know about that, so y'all got to look that up on your own. Anyway, they answered John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. But he's like, whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. Okay, Peter, good job. You got one right. But don't tell anybody yet, because the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. But it's okay, because after three days, I'll rise again. But Peter didn't like hearing that and rebuked him. And again, Heiser says that the idea that the Messiah would be killed was not something the Jews understood at that time. To us, after the fact, it's kind of obvious. But they had never connected those dots. And they still haven't, really. But he shuts Peter down and explains to him, This is what I gotta do. And if y'all want to follow me, y'all gotta suffer too. Maybe even die. But it's okay. Because whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul anyway? No matter what happens... Whoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. But that's where we stopped.
1: Everyone continued to want a sign because that doesn't cost them anything. They don't even believe the signs they have witnessed. Signs happen when God is with us to demonstrate His powerful love, to get attention, to show what the kingdom of heaven is like, and to give hope to the hopeless. Relationship is what should follow, not addiction, to be entertained by signs and wonders.
0: And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 42, 1-11. through 11, And that's a mascal for the sons of Korah. And a mascal is a song that teaches a lesson. And the sons of Korah were the official music ministers under David. They weren't literally sons of Korah, necessarily. Some of them might have been. They were just the group that followed in his footsteps. And there's more than one person named Korah in the Bible. This one is a musician, and not the one that rebelled against Moses and got swallowed up by the earth. So it starts out, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And a heart is a kind of a deer. And in this psalm, David is expressing his desire for God and his distress when he doesn't hear from him. But he talks to his soul like the squaw is fond of pointing out, and says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And verse 7 is pretty famous, says, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. And the Hebrew word translated here as deep refers to the deepest depths of the sea. And he's probably expressing his deep need for God using poetic language. But in spite of not hearing from God, he still has faith that he will.
1: Yeah, having a bad day and talking to ourselves like, you know, Hey soul, you aren't strong enough. To keep me from praising God, because he's going to help with turning this mood around for his glory.
0: And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs ten seventeen, He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. So listen to people who know what they're talking about, basically. Don't blindly follow them necessarily, but try to learn something from everybody.
1: Yeah, and let the Word of God be written in our hearts and minds so that we keep His instruction. The Lord is the way of life.
0: But that's the end of our review of Yesterday's Study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 27th is Leviticus 20.22 to 22.16. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, Ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people. Ye shall therefore put difference between clean beasts and unclean, and between unclean fowls and clean. And ye shall not make your souls abominable by beast, or by fowl, or by any manner of living thing that creepeth on the ground, which I have separated from you as unclean. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. A man also, or a woman that hath a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. Chapter 21 And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people, but for his kin that is near unto him, that is, for his mother, and for his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, and for his brother, and for his sister a virgin that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. But he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall be holy unto their God, and not profane the name of their God, for the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy. They shall not take a wife that is a whore, or profane, Neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God. He shall be holy unto thee, for I the Lord which sanctify you am holy. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profaneth her father, she shall be burnt with fire. And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head nor rend his clothes. Neither shall he go into any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or for his mother. Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the crown of the anointing oil of his God is upon him. I am the Lord. And he shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or profane or an harlot. These shall he not take, but he shall take a virgin of his own people to wife. Neither shall he profane his seed among his people, for I the Lord do sanctify him. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations, that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man, or a lame, or he that hath a flat nose, or anything superfluous, or a man that is broken-footed, or broken-handed, or crook-backed or a dwarf, or that hath a blemish in his eye, or be scurvy, or scabbed, or hath his stones broken. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron the priest shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. He shall eat the bread of his God, both of the Most Holy and of the Holy. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish, that he profane not my sanctuaries. For I the Lord do sanctify them. And Moses told it unto Aaron and to his sons and unto all the children of Israel. Chapter 22 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations, that goeth unto the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. What mansoever of the seed of Aaron is a leper, or hath a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. And whoso toucheth anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goeth from him or whosoever toucheth any creeping thing, whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he hath, the soul which hath touched any such shall be unclean until even, and shall not eat of the holy things, unless he wash his flesh with water. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean, and shall afterward eat of the holy things, because it is his food. That which dieth of itself, or is torn with beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself therewith. I am the Lord." They shall therefore keep mine ordinance, lest they bear sin for it, and die therefore if they profane it. I, the Lord, do sanctify them. There shall no stranger eat of the holy thing. A sojourner of the priest or an hired servant shall not eat of the holy thing. But if the priest buy any soul with his money, he shall eat of it, and he that is born in his house, they shall eat of his meat. If the priest's daughter also be married unto a stranger, she may not eat of an offering of the holy things. But if the priest's daughter be a widow or divorced and have no child and is returned unto her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's meat. But there shall no stranger eat thereof. And if a man eat of the holy thing unwittingly, then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it and shall give it unto the priest with the holy thing. And they shall not profane the holy things of the children of Israel, which they offer unto the Lord or suffer them to bear the iniquity of trespass when they eat their holy things. For I, the Lord, do sanctify them. Our reading in the New Testament for February 27th is Mark 9, 1-29. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John, and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked round about, they saw no man any more save Jesus only with themselves. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. And they kept that saying with themselves, questioning one with another what the rising from the dead should mean. And they asked him, saying, Why say the scribes that Elias must first come? And he answered and told them, Elias verily cometh first, and restoreth all things. And how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things, and be said at naught, But I say unto you that Elias is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him." And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And times it hath cast him into the fire, and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us, and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Our reading in Psalms for February 27 is Psalm 43, 1-5. through 5. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength, why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth, let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Our reading in Proverbs for February 27th is Proverbs 10, 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. And that's it for the 27th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Romans 3:22 which says even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on whose righteousness we really need, cause prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, your word calls righteousness the breastplate of your armor, like a bulletproof vest that protects our hearts. Lord, so many times we thought we were righteous when we were anything but. We repent, Lord, of relying on our own righteousness and want to cling only to the righteousness Jesus imparts to us. Father, please help us to know the difference between your imparted righteousness, the righteousness we have in doing your will, and the false righteousness that comes from our own pride. Help us to choose wisely, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible-yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, what I really need is for y'all to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleY'allPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to do that, just try not to make it any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. What are you doing? Are you mouthing along as I read?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, my lips Cause sure are. Because that's crazy. I have done that, <laughs>
0: I know. Because I'm sitting here. You need to not do that, it's very distracting.